0: I mean, think about how we first met. We built our relationship over time, Stephen. You didn't tell me every bit of knowledge about you. You didn't give me this long, you know, let's say Wikipedia article. We did it over time. We had a casual conversation. We exchanged names. We, you know, we explained who our families were. We did it over time. And we we t- began to trust each other. And I think that's the relationship that we want to see businesses do that as well, because we want to see businesses enable customers to be in control of that experience, how much they share, how businesses use that information, and how they're consenting to that. I'm Steven Spears and this is The Future of, The Future of, The Future of Customer Engagement and Experience Podcast.
1: Thanks for joining me this episode. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, so that way you can be in the know whenever we put out new episodes. And of course, we're presented by the site, The Future of Customer Engagement and Experience, where you can find thought leadership and analysis on topics, whether it's customer facing or business to business, sales, marketing, customer experience, data management, it's all there for you at The Future of Customer Engagement and Experience. Privacy. What's the first thing that pops into your head when you hear that word? Privacy. Privacy. Is it using the bathroom? Is it changing clothes? Taking an important phone call? Buying the 15th Mariah Carey Christmas re-release? Those all seem to be scenarios where you prefer privacy. But what about your data? Things like your address, your email, your cell phone number. For more and more people, that's actually the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about privacy. They've been burned by scenarios where they need and have to be more weary of what's going on with their data. And it's funny, when I was thinking of different examples of what I thought about when I think privacy, I realized most scenarios actually associate privacy with having a door or an object between me and the outside world. And that's included when it comes to data privacy as well. There's currently a door being built around the world, and it's in the form of policy. Now, because I'm currently located in the United States, I wanted to narrow the focus to what's going on here specifically.
0: My name is Ratul Shah. I'm a senior product marketing manager here at SAP Customer Data Cloud. That's Ratul. He's here through his full consent to help me shed light on this topic. My responsibilities are related to customer identity and access management, as well as a solution we call enterprise consent and preference management. These two solutions together help companies build trusted relationships with their clients. And we are all about helping customers do that by honoring customers' requests around transparency and control, and honoring all of the new consumer data privacy regulations. And that's the perfect segue for us.
1: The regulation affecting the U.S. currently is the California Consumer Privacy
0: Act, or CCPA. So California is the fifth biggest economy. Uh, It passes countries like the United Kingdom. And even though this is a state-led regulation, it started out as a citizen's action bill that that got put on the ballot and passed and it does affect global businesses that are greater than $25 million in revenue that operate within the state of California. And so they have to think about how CCPA applies to them. Now, this is taken from GDPR as well because GDPR was one of the first regulations that kind of affected the global audience. And businesses do have to follow rules for collecting and processing data. And more importantly, CCPA outlines that they have to tell customers
1: What happens to it? California isn't alone, though. Nevada and Maine have passed regulations, and 14 more states are looking to do so as well. Which makes you wonder,
0: where are these coming from? Really, the second force behind these regulations are customer intent, right? They're worried about their data usage and how they're using their dollars by changing their behaviors. This is impacting everyone who they're engaging with. And that's influencing the regulatory. So as you see the top-down approach of the regulations, the bottom-up approach around the customer intent and how they're worried about how data usage is there, businesses need to understand both of those. They need to take into account how the regulations apply to them, what risks their business are under. But as, as we like to think about it, this is that watershed moment that businesses get to redefine their go-to-market strategies and how they treat their customers and put customer experience above risk management and data privacy, because that's what's gonna change how they treat their customers is what's gonna attract them.
1: So how soon does this actually affect businesses? Well, it's actually pretty soon. You're looking at this January, January 1st, 2020, and you get to deal with the state's attorney general who will be enforcing
0: it. It applies to for-profit businesses that do business in California and process personal information of consumers that reside within California. In addition to that, businesses must meet one of the following criteria. They've either got to generate greater than $25 million in gross revenue, or they need to process personal information of more than 50,000 consumers. And of course, they have to derive at least 50% of their annual revenue from selling that personal data. And so as we think about what that means, personal data, we think about it as those that belong to the consumer, you as a business are using that information to define your experiences, you've got to be able to derive at least 50% of your revenue from that sale of that activity. And so when we think about what personal data is, CCPA defines how you. what's the definition, how you have to notify people, and of course those, those fines that the attorney general can place upon you. And so some of those fines range up to $2,500 for an incident up to $7,500 for an intentional act per violation. So if you're violating hundreds of thousands of people's data, then that number can grow very quickly. And then of course, to add complexity to CCPA, it's still being ratified, it's still a moving target. So for example, just a few weeks ago, they added a rule section that defined exactly how businesses have to collect data and how they can process personal data. And if you compare that to GDPR, those rules within the GDPR framework were set two years prior to the law going into effect. So as, as businesses need to kind of consider CCPA, they also have to define an open framework for their people, process and technology. Because as you think about it, it is still evolving, so they can't lock everything down yet. And of course, when you think about what's at stake, CCPA has those penalties you know, from the attorney general, but the, the bigger penalty that we like to think about is what it means to consumers and the brand reputation. No one wants to see their, themselves on, with those negative headlines on the front page of a paper. And so those are things you've got to kind of consider when you're thinking about regulations such as this.
1: Now, the monetary effect is obviously a set number, but the effect on customer experience,
0: well, that ends up having a monetary effect as well. I mean, mean, it's twofold. So when you as a consumer read something negative about a brand you you, kind of know and love, it's going to have an impact on your ability to stay loyal to that brand. And it depends on how much you interact with them, how long or how much you would give them. But a lot of brands today, due to how social media works, as you see those headlines, it can tend to move people away. So those actions, those negative headlines can have just as much of an impact on your ability as a business to deliver to your customers. It also raises in the media how you are delivering. And so most brands don't want to see those negative headlines and most customers don't want to be associated with brands that don't align to you know positive brand imagery and giving back to the ethical values that we all want to see in the businesses we interact with. Sounds great. Knowing
1: or realizing the need to address this is critical. But then naturally that leads to, where do I start? It's as simple as a yes or no question. So companies,
0: I think, really need to focus on how they're collecting consent and that they're doing it in the correct way at the beginning of a relationship And and, while being clear and upfront with their customer. So if you think about your journey with a brand and as you come to somebody, let's say the very first time, you've never done business with them, the language that they use to explain to you why you're consenting, why you're giving them personal information and how they plan to use it is so critical to the start of that relationship. I mean, think about how we first met. We built our relationship over time, Stephen. You didn't tell me every bit of knowledge about you. You didn't give me this long you know, let's say Wikipedia article. We did it over time. We had a casual conversation. We exchanged names. We, you know, we explained who our families were. We did it over time and we, we began to trust each other. And I think that's, that's the relationship that we want to see businesses do that as well, because we're, we want to see businesses enable customers to be in control of that experience, how much they share, how businesses use that information. And how they're consenting to that. So if you think about when you sign up for an, a newsletter, that it's an email newsletter or a, an SMS digest, and you know, you, you capture the frequency of that information, and you tell them exactly how you're going to use their information, whether it's to personalize, drive relevance, drive offers, and then you honor that, right? You move that information to all of your customer experience solutions to make sure you're able to provide consistency because consistency is so key across a brand experience. So if you think about how many channels that you may interact with one of your favorite brands, whether it's a mobile application, whether it's a website, and maybe it's not even just within a specific region because you know, you travel for work, I travel for work, and we interact across the globe. It's important to be able to, for the brands to be able to identify us as consumers wherever we are. Honor those preferences and consent, and of course, then store that information in the right regional data centers to honor those those uh, those privacy laws and regulations, and do it in a seamless and personalized way is so essential to how this impacts customer experience and how custo- customer customer experience led businesses are really separating themselves. Uh, and and creating real value, not just for their consumers, but their shareholders, their employees. All of it is so important. All of these are just critical steps to addressing CCPA. They're also critical steps to building customer trust, which will separate your business from the competition. And as we all know, companies that focus on trust will indeed win in the experience economy.
1: Thanks, Ritul. Thanks to yourself. CCPA sounds like it'll be less like the SATs and more of a breeze. Uh, I'll see myself out now. Thanks for joining me this episode. If you have any further clarifications, questions, concerns that you'd like to share, uh, feel free to email me at s.spears at sap.com. Until the next episode, I'm Steven Spears, and this is the Future of Customer Engagement and Experience podcast. Thanks for listening.